This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. We mentioned uh, just before the top of the hour that this um, U.S. congressman out of intensive care was shot last week, and that's certainly encouraging news. I think even before that happened, it was obvious, more so after the fact, that it's not funny or clever or helpful or anything along those lines to joke about your political opponents being hurt, harmed, were murdered. Nor is it funny or clever or anything along those lines to to hope for that or wish for that. And so I don't understand why people are doing that. Johnny Depp, Hollywood star Johnny Depp, is the latest to do this. He made a joke about when was the last time an actor assassinated a president. He's apologized for that in a statement today, said it did not come out as intended. I intended no malice. I was only trying to amuse, not to harm anyone. Right? Again, I don't think Johnny Depp was a, a threat, but it's, you don't joke about that. I mean, if you're going to, if you think that's funny or clever, then you should be ostracized. All right, so he, he apologized, and then I guess that's the right thing to do. That's not helpful. What's also not helpful, by the way, is this, this strain of hypocrisy here. Again, I think there's a line there when it comes to joking about or fantasizing about or speculating about or wishing for some kind of harm to come to your political opponents. But beyond that, if you want to use rough and tumble language to talk about your political opponents, well, okay, that's fine. Politics uh, doesn't have to be uh, kid gloves and hug all the time. Politics can be rough and tumble. Uh, There's a personality on Fox News, Judge Jeanine Pirro, who seems to be competing with Sean Hannity for who can love Donald Trump the most and uh, kiss up to him the most, which is fine, right, to each his own, or her own in this case. But in the aftermath of that shooting last week, Judge Janine said that nothing will change if top Democrats don't start showing some respect for Donald Trump. Story here, it says, Judge Janine Pirro called out top Democrats for questioning the legitimacy of President Trump worsening the political climate. Said the rhetoric had gotten to the point where lawmakers refer to the president's cabinet as scumbags and others use the word traitor. Judge Deneen said on Fox yesterday, the Democratic Party right now is a party of hate and destruction and I think it's anti-American. So, if your position is, I think my political opponents should show more respect for the other side, and oh, by the way, my political opponents want to destroy everything and they hate the country, then you're part of the problem too. Make up your mind. Is rough and tumble political language okay, or is there an obligation to show some level of respect for your political opponents? You're free to choose, but it can't be both. All right, so speaking of criticism of our political leaders, let's talk about uh, Justin Trudeau. What was Justin Trudeau's biggest accomplishment in this session of Parliament? Sadly, it might be this. Bear with us if you can't. This is quite painful. It's time for Gary's Hunt Club! Hello, fellow friends. I'm Gary the Unicorn, and I'm hanging out with my friend, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Gary. Oh, wow. It's so awesome to be here. You know what? I, I, I just wanted to ask you something. Sure. Um, 
Did you want to be in my hug club? I would love to be in your hug club, Gary. Well, what you have to do is you have to you have to give me a hug that I've never had before. Oh boy. I'm going to do uh, what I want to do all the time when I meet people is give them the biggest, squeeziest hug that I can. Really? I think that's what you're going to get as a prime minister's hug. Okay. Ready? I can't wait for it. Brace okay. yourself. I'm bracing myself. Uh. Oh. oh, yes. This is the best prime minister hug I've ever had. There you go. Okay? You can breathe. That is so great. Awesome. Guess what, Mr. Prime Minister? What, Gary? You are now part of Hug Club. Yeah! Okay. Well, maybe that was a mean thing to do. That was pretty painful. Well, he did get to hug Gary the Unicorn. Big moment on CBC Kids. But in all seriousness, you know, as he heads into his second summer as prime minister, what has his government accomplished? I mean, I'll give them credit for proceeding on the promise to legalize marijuana. They took their time getting around to it, but it looks as though it is going to happen. But there's certainly been a lot of broken promises along the way. Um, really interesting piece today in the National Post exploring why the liberals have, have been so underwhelming and why they've created this problem for themselves, where they've uh, broken some of these promises and, and some that would have been really easy to keep. Others that were probably unrealistic to begin with. Uh, Kelly McParland is a columnist uh, with the National Post. You can find his piece today at nationalpost.com. Kelly, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me on. You know, it's been interesting, too, and I wonder what you make of what, what happened or nearly happened with the Senate. I think folks out here are a little torn. Uh, the Senate doesn't really have a Democratic mandate, mind you, but if they're going to give some sober analysis to what uh, the liberal government's doing, maybe that's not such a bad thing. No, I agree with you. I think that if we're going to have a Senate, and I don't I don't think we should at all, but if we're going to have it, um, it should have a, you know, a, a reasonable job to do. It should have a point in life. Um, and uh, and it should be listened to. So I, I think that the uh, uh, the Commons has a responsibility to listen. They don't have to always accept what the Senate wants to do, but um, I think it's functioning better than it used to. Um, and and it's you know it's doing some good work. It's it's asking questions. It's asking yeah. good questions, and it's forcing the Commons to justify itself. So I think that's fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably better than it just being a rubber stamp, right? Because then otherwise, what's what's the point? It is better. You know, I think you know, for years now, there really hasn't been much of a point to the, to the Senate. You know, Stephen Harper tried to reform it and, and couldn't get that to happen. Uh, I think Justin Trudeau uh, changed the means by which people are appointed. Essentially, I think just because he didn't want to be blamed anymore for what went on there. But I think it's worked out not too badly, actually, because it's given a little bit of life to the, to the institution. And, um, you know, they are trying to, to uh, justify their existence. And, you know, I, as I said, I think that they're... Uh, um, they're they're doing a not bad job now. If if we have to have one, now kind of the thrust of your piece today is you know the fact that this is not really a new government anymore. That this is uh, now his uh, second summer as prime minister, and it's hard to point to a lot of big accomplishments. Why is that? Do you think? Well, uh, I think really because um, the liberals grossly overpromised during the election. I mean, they made I at the time I counted up there were more than three hundred. Uh, promises they made. It depends how you want to count it. Could be 200, could be 300. But a lot of them were really impractical. impractical. They, it was never going to happen. Um, and I think they ignored a lot of people saying that, you know, you, you really can't do all these things because it's, it's, you know, a little, it's a little pie in the sky and, uh, and, and you won't be able to get all this done. Electoral reform, I mean, they were so ambitious on that. Um, the promises they made on the budget weren't very realistic. You know, all sorts of things they said. 
Um, and the first year was fairly easy. I think they were floating on a to the real honeymoon period going on there. But then, you know, that wore out and, and reality intruded. And I think they ran into that in their second year. Um, and the past, you know, since last uh, fall, I think they've really been flailing. They really haven't gotten much done and they've had to backtrack repeatedly on any number of promises. Um, and, uh, you know, it's starting to show people don't keep track of every single promise. But when you break dozens of them in a period of months, people do notice. Yeah. Well, and, and just, you know, one of the most recent where they they'd made some promises about access to information uh, and they've, they've backed away on that. As you say, some of the promises they made were maybe unrealistic, probably had no chance of being kept. But on, on stuff like this that would be so easy and simple to keep the promise, they're, they're breaking those ones, too. Well, that's right. I mean, it's a bit ridiculous, and, and I and I don't think that was a bad promise. I'm, you know, people were upset at, at the Harper government because um, they were so tight-fisted with information. They, you know, talked a lot about being open and transparent, and they 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 weren't really. And so, when the Liberals came along and said, "No, we're really going to let you, you know, tell you what we're doing, and the information will be there. It's going to be our default position." You know, people thought, "Fine," and they've taken not quite two years looking at this and done really nothing. And and why so? What is it that they, that's so difficult to to tell the Canadian people? What's so secret about it all? Um, it's our government. We should know what's going on. If we ask questions, we should be able to have answers. They're not all, you know, national security issues. People just want to know how the money is being spent and, and what the ministers are doing. Um, and there's other examples. I mean, you know, they said they were going to make uh, Parliament function better. It was going to be more civil. There was going to be less of the partisan bickering. And that's been another failure. I mean, what, what they've tried to do is, is tame Parliament, make it dance to their tune uh, at least as much as the Harper government ever did, and, ever did, and probably more so. And they've been, they've been embarrassed over that. They've been made to look foolish. Um, you know, the same with electoral reform. I don't know how they ever thought they were going to push through such a dramatic change in the voting system in, in under two years when 90% of the people in Canada really don't understand what it's all about or what the options are. But they went ahead and promised these things and all sorts of promises about uh, Canadian Native peoples and what they were going to do there, which, you know, has been such a, a difficult issue for so long. How did they think they would ever get that, you know, all sorted out in, in a couple of years? So I just think that they were they were either naive or deliberately dishonest in what they were promising, and now they're just not being able to get it done. Well, and as you point out in your piece, I mean, you know, naive at one level, but also arrogant at another level that... You know, it's there's some cynical politics here. Governments do that all the time. You you promise the world on the campaign trail, and then, you know, there's the reality of governing. But what what seems unique about what what they've done here? Well, there really is an arrogance, and you know, we all know from the original Prime Minister Trudeau what an arrogant person he was, and and there's obviously some of that um, in his son. I, you know, I I think that the uh, uh, the Liberals have always had this problem where they think they're Canada's natural governing party. Um, a lot of us thought maybe that had been knocked out of them during their the, the, almost a decade when the Conservatives were in power, but it obviously hasn't. Um, and, and Trudeau seems to think that he can get by on, you know, on on selfies and glad handing and the whole uh, public relations thing, which he's very good at. I mean, he is a very good performer in public. He comes across well. People like the look of him, and, and you know, they sort of like the boyish attitude. But you've got to be a leader too, and, and you have to deliver. And um, and they're not at all they're not at all good at that. And, and I and I think people are really getting a little fed up 
um, with, you know, with this attitude they have that, you know, we know what we're doing. We don't have to tell you what we're doing and, and, uh, we don't have to keep our promises. You know, I just think it's, it's something people are getting tired of. Well, and we see it in the polls. I mean, the liberals have been sagging in the polls. I think certainly the honeymoon's over. But at the same time, I mean, their numbers haven't exactly collapsed. The economy is still doing relatively well, and that probably uh, helps the incumbent. I mean, they, they've still got time to turn it around, I guess, if they can take that look in the mirror and figure out where they've, they've screwed up. They can, and they have to be honest with themselves. But there's also the fact that for the first two years, or up till now in any case, they haven't had permanent opposition leaders. You know, the Conservatives have just selected their leader uh, in the past few weeks, and the NDP is about to do so. Um, that's going to change things dramatically, I think. Uh, you're going to have uh, full-time leaders who are there every day to hold the Liberal feet to the fire, and are going to, we hope, are going to demand real answers. And I think that's something that uh, Trudeau certainly hasn't been prepared for up to now, and uh, and he's going to have to get used to it. And they are going to, I mean, they have to begin to be honest. It's, you can't you can't float through four years on on you know selfies and good PR. You do have to start delivering. Some of these uh, some of these issues are very difficult and complicated, and and you know you have to make decisions that people aren't going to like. Um, I mean, I'm willing to give them some credit. I think that it was good that they stood up for the. Um, for the pipeline to to the uh, to the Pacific Coast, I think that was a good thing to do. I think it was good that they stood up to the provinces in terms of uh, funding for health care. You know, they adopted basically what the Tory position was, um, and and they've done, I think, a good job in dealing with uh, with uh, Donald Trump, um, who is not an easy person to deal with. So they're not total failures. But I think that they're, you know, way behind where they should be at this point in the mandate. Yeah, well, I think that's fair criticism. Uh, Kelly, we'll leave it there. People can read your piece again, uh, nationalpost.com. Really appreciate making some time for us here this afternoon. Thanks for this. Okay, thanks a lot. There you go. That's Kelly McParlin, columnist for the National Post. Again, nationalpost.com. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.